I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians and First Nation people of the land on which this podcast has been recorded. For me in Melbourne, Nam, Australia, it's the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I'd like to recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and communities and pay my respect to their culture, elders, past, present and emerging. Hey gorgeous, are you ready to turn the light switch of your soul on and live an authentic, radiant and unapologetically pleasure-filled life? I'm Penny Vandersloos. I empower women like you in your midlife who are struggling to love your body and prioritize pleasure, play and passion. And I invite you to discover your powerful, untapped, sensual, sexual and feminine energy so that you can feel confident, free, and love your body and your life. I'm a pleasure activist and adventurer, a feminine empowerment coach, and a conscious creative and connector. I'm also a wife, a mother of two teens, and host of this podcast, Turned On, Wild, Free, and Sexy in Your Midlife. So now you're here, I invite you to come on a journey with me where you'll be curious, Listen with an open heart and mind without judgment or comparison and feel safe to explore the aspects of our lives that are taboo, surrounded in shame or limit our access to pleasure and joy. And I am really excited to share with you today a podcast on having happy, healthy hormones in your midlife. I've got my beautiful guest here, Nicole Coots. And she helps women over 50 fix their hormones and gain confidence so that they have more energy and emotional resilience and can feel happy, excited and passionate about their life. Her approach brings together over 20 years of clinical practice and professional development as a naturopath and mind-body practitioner and coach. She's addressing the underlying root cause at a physical, mental, emotional and spiritual level. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you, Penny. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Massive blessings and gratitude. I'm uh, really excited to be here. And um, I think this work is so important, the message that you're putting out into the world to empower women. And, um, yeah, it's really looking back. It's definitely been my my life, not been, it is my life purpose. When I look at all the experiences that I've had throughout all of my life, um, not just my clinical practice and my training, but everything is really about empowering women to come back to themselves. Yes. And we're told kind of midlife's where it all unravels, isn't it? Like this is the yes. time of your life when the shit's going to hit the fan. It's downhill from here. Like, yeah, over it. we don't yeah. have positive role models and the message is something's wrong with us. So yeah. we need to kind of rewrite that. So Yeah, t- totally. So I think um, we've been conditioned that it's, like you said, it's all downhill and, you know, the best part of your life is over. And in a way, what often happens is we actually, it's that self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Because we've been so conditioned that that's actually what our experience is going to be, that of course it is actually our, that the experience that we end up happening. And um, I, I, I want to sort of say that, you know, when when is midlife? Like, is it 40? Is it 50? Like, you, you know, when does it start? And, and I, I believe that really this is important work to start, you know, at 40 um and what's and is that kind of because of before the wheels type of fall off oh totally but it's interesting and just to kind of preface I think a lot of us don't really know exactly what is midlife what do I expect when does it begin like what does that look like well, even me is, you know, when I work in this area, you know, and I, like I said, a clinical practice for over 20 years, I turned 50 this year. And when the world went into chaos a couple of years ago, my body went uh, no more. And um, I went from a nice, gentle kind of perimenopause transition to boom, that's it. It was all over kind of thing. 
And I literally didn't know what the F hit me, like in all honesty, it was a massive shock. And that is what led me down the rabbit hole of really truly understanding this transition in life. And in hindsight, I look back to the women I who I had already previously been supporting over the last 20 years go through that transition, like massive apologies. I had no idea, mm-hmm. like none, none at all. So the changes technically actually start at 35. Women start to have a decrease in their hormones from the age of 35. And what happens is when we hit 40, like that decrease actually really kind of powers up. So we can have so many different symptoms um, before we even technically go through many menopause or again, you know, when is midlife, right? Um, so the earlier we have this information in our life, we are more empowered to be able to start tweaking and changing our lifestyle and our habits and maybe start doing some inner work and reflection and healing so that when we actually do get to that time in our life it's not a holy what the hell has mm-hmm. has happened I don't know who I am or what the hell is going on with me I'm like going crazy lock me up kind of thing this is a common experience for a lot of women yeah really and I'm I'm wondering too, for some people when they hear oh my god it starts when I'm 35 or I've been yeah. in best and I didn't read you know whatever there's this whole idea of avoiding like can we just get it over with do we why does it have to linger why is it such this big long thing and I guess you know these conversations around how do we turn on the positives in this this time of our life how do we have it be an empowering experience and not something that's wrong with us that we've broken that our wheels are going to yeah, yeah. Like I think I said it earlier, fall off. And yeah, so the thing is, is that how, what it actually is, perimenopause and menopause is actually a second puberty. So do we look at when we went through puberty? Well, we probably didn't have as much support as perhaps, you know, young no, women do now, right? Um, but do we look at them and say, you're wrong, you're broken? No, we absolutely don't. We go, okay, there's a lot of shifting and changing in hormones and identity and how I fit into the world. And it's exactly the same for them when we come to that other end. It's like a, you know, a bookend on one end of our, our reproductive life. So it is very much just looking at it as that it is a transitional experience that we go through. And um, the earlier we understand that, we can be more prepared and support ourselves through that process versus back burner, back burner, burner, don't want to look at it, don't want to look at it. And then all of a sudden we're, we're shocked and we don't understand why we're actually feeling so crappy physically, mentally and emotionally. Um, and, and I think for many women currently, you know, the midlife, which, yeah, like we sort of said, you, you're definitely in midlife when you hit your 40s and then it can lead for, you know, another couple of decades easily. And it's also about beyond it. You may have already gone through this, but I guess it's recognising our community is going through this. But particularly for us, it wasn't, we weren't told, I didn't even know what perimenopause was. And I know in the last few years, maybe because I'm a bit more tuned into it, I'm hearing it more, but I think there is a shift in awareness anyway. Yeah, but definitely. It's like, how do we, yeah, how do we kind of accept that we weren't given this information? This isn't. Yeah. And, oh. you know, this is, you know, I know you and I initially talked about, oh, well, look at the five drivers. And I always do this, right? I look at the five drivers of what's causing hormonal imbalance and how we can we then make this transition easier. And then I was like, okay, maybe, you know, you can go to my website and you can get that information <laughs> and follow me on Facebook and Instagram and get that information. I'm like, let's focus on the most important and most, the most important thing is what this process is really about is whatever we have not healed, whatever we have not dealt with, whatever we have not processed, it's going to come to light through this journey. So part of that is our relationship with our menstrual cycle, mm-hmm. how we came into that journey you know, and again, for women our age, 
there it wasn't a, a validation and it wasn't celebrated and it wasn't seen as um you know really stepping into our power as a as a woman and a creative being there was no initiation process in it which is you know if you look back you know if you were lucky you got a bit of information and then if you did you were like horrified I got the all the neighbors all the girls three houses we were all taken off one night to movie night at the local school and it was I can't even remember what the movie was right but it was all about this stuff and afterwards, walking back to the car, my mum turned to me and said, oh, do you have any questions? I was like, no. It was never spoken about again. Yeah. Other than I think maybe I was given some, you know, pads for when the day finally hit and then it hit and I was like, oh, okay, I need more of these things now. Mm. So much went, shame and embarrassment. So and- much shame, so much shame and still now it, it still astounds me that it's like oh you're talking about bleeding and and menstrual cramps and and all these sorts of things and vaginas and ovaries and cervixes and yeah so so much of it is actually about healing that but it's not the only thing as well it's, it's any other experiences that we haven't fully integrated in our life as well which you know we all have them we're all human beings and we generally haven't been given the tools to deal with these things again, probably our generation, I think, you know, the younger ones coming through now are being taught some level of emotional intelligence and that it's okay to feel and express themselves and process and shift this stuff through their body as they're experiencing it. But we most definitely were not. And uh, it's been locked down into our body. And there's a, a, this disconnect between our mind and our body. And, you know, literally, and there's a book about it, your body keeps a score. Mm. So I think this is have so a process that comes up, right? Yeah. So fascinating because yeah, so often what we thought was the the I don't know, the solution to getting through this time of our life was to, you know, go to hormones, go to some kind of treatment. This is a, a symptom I need to to yeah. dress. Mm-hmm. And what you're actually highlighting is one of the first things we can do to empower ourselves is to actually listen to our body get interested in our body, what needs healing about our cyclic nature. And yes, like I've talked about it with many and um, the power of our womb and how much Mm -hmm. we are disconnected from that because of all these uncomfortable experiences we had as a young girl. Mm. Um, And we were told it was a, I mean, we weren't even given good products like they are now. (laughs) It was just rubbish to deal with it and I mean we were lucky what about the generations of women before us who had rags and right um, which is exactly why it's not about making our mothers wrong no it's actually they did did better than their mums right and and then now this generation is doing better and it's gonna you know we're gonna I, I do believe we will come full circle but there's our generation because we're going through this transition now we've missed a lot of this um you know cyclic education and understanding um so when the next generation goes through menopause Mm. it's probably gonna be a lot easier what's so interesting too is you know the health of our body like the physical expression of our body you're actually saying is heavily linked with the emotional expression Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you know I know I've always been interested in my emotional well-being and self-help and you know that kind of awareness I know a lot of women it's like oh no that's way too much I don't want to need I don't need to do that Mm. but what if by learning that this is your access to Mm -hmm. a more holistic aligned way through and powered way through these transitions in our life yeah and um and again you know it's conditioning we were told it was wrong uh, so therefore we've learned to lock down the emotions so now when someone like myself comes along and says okay it's about feeling it and processing it and uh, shifting through it it's like uh nope no thank you that that will like i'll fall apart my world will fall apart and and um I won't be able to cope kind of thing. And don't get me wrong. Like I'm a naturopath. My original training was in the physical stuff and I still address this, but like 
we have so much information at our fingertips. Just go to Google and type in what food should I eat for menopause? What food should I eat for hot flushes? Like what food should I eat for? Like there's no shortage of information. The thing is, is then the follow through. Mm. Like, okay, yes, what you eat is is huge through this transition. It's massive. It's It's up there with one of the key things. But if our beliefs are controlling our behavior, which they are, and 90% of our beliefs and our thoughts are at a subconscious level, then what's what's driving our behavior? Not the not the lack of information. It's it's again these experiences in life that we haven't processed, which have then created limiting beliefs like I'm not enough. I don't deserve to take care of myself. I have to take care of everybody else first. I have to apologize for myself. Like this thing around women apologizing for themselves. How many times have you had the experience where you've walked around the corner and somebody else has walked around the corner and you accidentally kind of got in each other's way? And women always say, oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah. It's like you're literally saying I'm sorry just for existing. Mm. And don't get me wrong, I still do this. And every time I do it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm apologizing for being here. Mm-hmm. Like it's just mental, you know, and men don't do this. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're not constantly apologizing for themselves and thinking, you know, they have guilt and shame around taking care of themselves. So that's so it's almost like this is our second rising. Like here's his chance of us to reach totally not only because of the time of our life and like you said, our hormones and everything shifting, but why not let's reclaim that and relearn it like we're doing, catch ourselves saying, sorry, hang on a minute, that's why should I be sorry? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I accidentally ran into you. It wasn't an intent. Yeah, that's right. I didn't see you and I just walked yeah. around the corner and I'm apologising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it totally is this, like, like you said, this second opportunity. And part of it is actually the change in our hormones. So we have different types of estrogen. And when we're in those reproductive years, one of these types of estrogen literally, because your hormones impact your brain. Okay. Mm -hmm. We all know we've all experienced PMS and mood swings around our cycles. So we know they impact our brain. So the most dominant type of estrogen through the reproductive years literally programs our brain to take care of everybody else first. So we are literally, our hormones are telling us to do this. And then when we shift through to menopause and, and post-menopause, the type, because we do still have some estrogen, the type of estrogen that we're actually producing then is actually uh, stimulates creativity. Mm. And so it actually steps us then, which is then part of the thing we see is, oh, screw you. I'm not taking care of anybody now. I'm going to burn down the house and you can all just stay there because I ain't interested in taking care of anybody. So part of that's the shift in the different estrogens. And part of this is that we have just so abandoned ourselves and we are so burnt out and full of resentment. So we've gone through life going, I have to nurture and take care of everybody. And again, conditioning. And yes, part of it is we are literally programmed to do it at the cost of self. Mm. Versus when I take care of myself, and it's that same analogy, fill your cup first, right? But when you do that, when you fill your cup first to overflowing, when you take care of others from all this extra energy and vitality and turn on and vibrancy, it's easy and we don't resent it and we don't uh, do the silent stamping around the house and slamming the doors and <sighs> huffing and puffing and all these sorts of things, right? We do it because we care and we've taken care of ourselves first. It's like almost I'm hearing too, like we're giving ourselves permission to exist, to have pleasure, to mm-hmm. to be, um, yeah, healthy and happy and vibrant and actually haven't really been taught that that, yeah, once we do that for ourselves, we're much more effective anyway in serving others and way being more. available. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Way more, way more effective at doing these things. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's be honest, everybody's actually happier. And, you know, I, something I honest, I often say to my clients when I'm working on it, especially if I know that they have uh, children and, you know, 
female and male children, um, you can say to them, oh, yes, you can put yourself first and you can do this and you do that. They're not going to do what you say. They're going to do what you model. So if you're saying, right, that, yes, you deserve this and, yes, this, but you are acting in a way that's showing them, well, hang on, mum's not doing those things for herself and she's self-sacrificing. So by the time they are, you know, raising their own children, what are they doing? They're self-sacrificing and they're not speaking up for themselves and uh, things like that, which is brings me actually just a little sort of drop in there is, you know, thyroid conditions is a very common thing through this um, transitional time because the thyroid is super sensitive to big hormonal, reproductive hormonal fluctuations. So pregnancy, postpartum, um, it can happen also through puberty. It's not as common, but then that perimenopause and menopause and postmenopause stages is a very common time where women will actually also have thyroid conditions. And sometimes what we, we're putting down to menopause could actually be a thyroid condition and vice versa. So that they're often both going on. But from an emotional perspective, what is the thyroid and the, the thyroid shark, the throat chakra all about? Authentic expression and communication. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I had a thyroid condition after my first baby. Yep. And yeah, if I look back, I wasn't authentically expressed in any shape or form, really. You know. So yeah, yeah. And I haven't had it since. So right. yeah, it's it's such a big thing. These unresolved, which is why you know I started in practice. I don't know, twenty two years ago, something like that. And within six months of private practice as a naturopath, I was like. I can't help people like I'm like do this don't do this do this don't do this take this supplement take this like the things that would change their lives most of them weren't doing it Um, right and those that were doing it would get you know 50 60 percent better but there was this unconscious stuff in their body right these unresolved things in their body which is manifesting physical illness. And then the ones that weren't flying through, it was because of these limiting beliefs that they had. So I was like, okay, four years of a degree, great. I'm not actually really helping people. So that was then my experience of, uh, you know, really just looking and exploring and and studying so many other things. And and it, it all changed when I found tools to be able to shift to that, how do we process these emotions out of the body and reprogram the subconscious? Okay. Yeah, go. So listeners are probably going, okay, where do I start? What what can I be doing? (laughs) Help me, Nicole. (laughs) Right. So uh, first place to start. Wow. Okay. Um, So many things. Connecting to your body. Yeah. Probably the first uh, place to start. So when you're saying connecting, are you talking about noticing it's change, like what's going on, what messages she's giving you? Yeah, like absolutely. And and look, I say it's the first step. It's I would probably say it could also be the most complicated and most difficult step for women. So yes, it's something you could potentially do on your own, but because there's disconnect, right? We've we've again been conditioned that. And this isn't just about health and, and women, because men certainly experience this as well, that the intellect, you know, has more authority over our feeling, emotional, intuitive um, abilities and states. So it's all about the logical and the thinking and the rational kind of stuff. And again, which is very much that masculine, we can go right into the masculine and feminine disconnect and all those sorts of things. Um, but we, so we're disconnected from our bodies. So I'm like, okay, you store your emotions in your body and I cannot tell you how many times when I'm working with a client, it's like, okay, well, what are you feeling? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a numbness. Yeah. So it's the first place and it could actually be the most challenging place. So you can do it from, okay, I'm having an emotional experience. Okay, close your eyes. One, what is the experience, right? That's the, the first step. Okay, well, what am I reacting to? You know, I don't know. My husband didn't put the bin out, just an example, whatever, right? Okay, and I'm raging around the kitchen, slamming doors. Okay, it's not really about the kitchen doors. It's about that. Okay, 
what am I feeling? Like as an emotion, emotions are one word. Okay. So we often will go to a judgment, right? But an emotion feeling state is one word. So, oh, I'm feeling angry. Okay, great. Where am I feeling it in my body? Because we think thoughts and we feel emotions. Emotions are in our body, right? And they can be in our head. We could frown or have tension or whatever, but it's in our body. It's not a thought. It's a different part of the emotional complex, right? We need all parts of the emotional complex. Okay, I'm angry. Where am I feeling it? Oh, man. Oh, clenching my jaw. My fists clench. I'm like, you know, maybe I'm a bit sweaty and like, like this, right? <laughs> or it could be, oh, I feel it in my gut. Or my, it literally could be anywhere. Okay, I'm feeling angry. Okay, what's the thought connected to the anger? Like what's the voice going around in my mind saying? What's the thought in my mind? Now, here's the trick with this. People often go into this long, long thing. The, the negative thought is always going to be, it's actually going to be very short. It'll be the first thing that pops into your mind and it's going to be um, simple language. Because these thoughts and this program and these beliefs have been programmed from when we were a child. So the language is going to be very simple. Okay. Uh, so what might it be? Let me make up an example for using the example of husband didn't put out the bin. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not important. He doesn't listen to me. Right. Something like that. So it's not going to be fancy words. It's going to be this long thing. It'll be short and sharp, but it happens so quickly. And we're, not tuned in and used to listening to it so again with the feeling state right what's the emotion where i feel we're also not used to it so this takes practice this takes a lot of practice so once we have all the aspects of the emotional complex so the emotional complex is the situation the emotion where am i feeling it so the sensation and then the thought connected to it, right? This is what we call the emotional complex. And we need all of these aspects then to be able to process and integrate it. Mm -hmm. Now, there's lots of different ways that you could do that. That might just be actually journaling it out, everything that you feel about it, and maybe moving your body, remembering that it's actually in a, it's, a, it's something that's stuck in your body. And when we don't process emotions, they get stuck in their body and they block the chi. Cheese, energy, life force, right? Prana, same, same. And that chi, life force, prana is what's feeding our organs and our nervous system. And we block down, lock down those emotions and the chi gets stuck. That impacts the organs. So if we block down and lock down anger and resentment or frustration in Chinese medicine, this is known as like liver and gallbladder emotions, Okay. So it drains the chi, it blocks the chi in the liver and the gallbladder. You know, if we're feeling low self-esteem or overwhelm or not good enough or hopelessness, these are sort of stomach, spleen and pancreas emotions. Okay, so every emotion has a place where it kind of tends to lock into the tissue and then impact that part of our body. So we want to be able to shift that. And I, you know, obviously use very specific techniques when I'm working one-on-one -on -one with clients and with group programs and things, but sometimes just journaling it out and then just like physically like put on some music and like yell and scream and get the kids tennis racket and hit the mattress and go for a run or do some yoga. Uh, these are all ways of just shifting that energy. And once we've done that, then your logical brain comes back on. Mm. right because we don't have you ever been in an experience where you're in such an emotional state you said something that you regretted <laughs> or you did oh, something yeah. that you regretted okay <laughs> so what happens is there's three like main kind of general parts to your brain and you've got your logical rational thinking brain which again that's in charge about five to ten percent of the time right then you've got your emotional brain and your stress brain so this is the survival aspect and this is the emotional aspect and they're usually intertwined so something happens and we're in this reactive state and then we whoop, blurt yeah. something out or we do something it's because the neocortex it wasn't online it was hijacked so when we can shift it out we usually have a lot of clarity and we're like oh right yes i can see that i reacted this way and that way and 
actually, he just didn't put the bin out because he got distracted playing with the kids. What I'm loving is what you're highlighting is that sort of feminine qualities or the, the, what we would say is a bit indulgent, like having the time to journal or why would I go and dance? That's a bit frivolous. So we're actually reprioritizing the importance of all these things that yeah. feel a bit like something you would only do when you've done everything else or, you know, um, maybe you're a bit, I don't know, nice to do, but they're not actually that effective. You're actually reminding us or highlighting how important they are because they're actually allowing us to come back online to get back into an alignment with what we're actually intending as opposed to being this really reactive organism. Yeah. Human. Yeah, we are are an organism (laughs) in a lot of degrees, right? Yeah, Yeah. it is. It is very much... And, you know, as you're saying, it's like giving ourselves, you know, sometimes maybe it's a group dance party. Mm-hmm. Kids, mums fill in the fields. Let's put some music on and let's all dance it out. Like, because, you know, the thing about that is what are you showing them? What are you modelling? Mum's feeling something. One, it's okay to feel it. And two, she's showing you how, like, emotional intelligence. That's so good. Oh, I love embodiment. It's all my, it's my juju and jam and stuff because this is something that's I've learned that I didn't have. I don't yep. think we were ever taught about it. You didn't yep. ever see it at school. They're definitely encouraging it now with um, you know, primary age having mindfulness and totally. I remember going to the resilience project, having a, a workshop for parents, and it was those things. It was move, exercise, and laugh with the sort of three. Yeah. ways to move energy when you're feeling stuck somehow you need to change your state yeah and we've all done it we've laughed in like when we felt really sad we can suddenly laugh and shift our mood and shift Mm -hmm. our energy Mm -hmm. same with i think um sometimes where it not sometimes often where it can be an issue it's like a couple it sounds like a really simple thing is because we have these three nervous system states um ideal state is you know friend and befriend and interaction and connection and and all these sorts of things then you have your sympathetic state which is your stress response but then you actually have the third stage which is actually our freeze state and this is where i think a lot of people just go into this i don't know what to do this sense of overwhelm is very much that state and a lot of the time they really do need somebody to, okay, I can see this is happening. Let's actually shift you. Let's actually, you know, pull it apart. What's the situation? What are you feeling? Where do you feel it? And now let's actually use a tool to be able to quickly shift that through in a couple of minutes. But when we're in that paralyzed freeze state um, on our own, it can, it can, like, it can be like we're paralyzed, right? Mm. It's at, which is a survival thing. It's like... Yeah. What that is, is your nervous system saying, oh, it's got so bad that we actually think we're going to die, so don't bother. It's not safe, yeah. It's not safe. So just freeze, hide, and don't do anything. Don't move, don't blink, don't, right? And this is that real state of overwhelm that a lot of women really do find themselves in. And this is where I think working with someone can definitely help people to gently support them, encourage them, and guide them through every step of the way of how to get out of that. And I think what you're highlighting too, and something I learned in my experience is it's you need help. Like this is not mm. something you can do on your own. Um, it's it's having supportive networks of either practitioners or people who you feel safe and can communicate with and show up fully as yourself. Mm-hmm. So that might yeah. be sisterhoods or friendship groups or family that you can trust and stuff. Yeah. So it's it's all those things. It's not like really. So do this on your own you've you know you've got to well if you could we would have already been done right no shortage of information on google yeah <laughs> right we can find the information and you know yes information is interesting mm. right uh but it's it's been able to integrate it which it's the integration and then the action that actually creates the transformation information is interesting but it doesn't necessarily create the transformation so it's about okay 
is it just a girlfriend? Like you said, that level of accountability and like, oh, I've noticed I have this thing where I want to hide all the time and I won't speak up and I won't say, express my opinion. And I'm going to tell my friend and I'm like, okay, so I give you permission. Whenever you see me doing this, can you call me out on it? Maybe not in front of everybody, but can you just sort of take me aside and say, hey, remember you said you were not going to hide anymore and you really want to stand in your power and express your opinion. I just noticed, right, that maybe there was an opportunity there for you that you might have missed. Amazing. Yeah. You know, so it, it can be, it can, it can start in, in that way, definitely. So, yeah. Okay, so we've got our emotional body and mm. you said like listen to your body. Is there some some other ways we can turn yeah, turn ourselves on hormonally <laughs> in, in this part of our life? What are some other I'm not sort of I'm not necessarily suggesting hacks of the way to go, supportive ways. Like yeah. what are some things that we can yeah. do that yeah. So um sleep. Sleep's a big one. Sleep's massive. Um, so what about people who are struggling with sleep because they can't sleep? Like there's some sort of insomnia involved in like they're waking up in all yeah. hours of the night. Yeah. Yeah. Just the type of work they're doing might be mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. shift work or. Yeah. Shift work. Wow. That's one of the biggest ones. And um uh that, that's a whole kettle of fish so i might leave that one, leave that one. now yeah <laughs> but so um look there are some things that you can do um your environment is really big for sleep so block out blinds maybe even an eye mask and earplugs um mm. is a good thing to get better quality sleep crazy thing but hydration so in chinese medicine your kidney chi so your kidney energy your kidney life force controls the sleep cycle so if people are actually dehydrated, then um, believe it or not, that can actually cause an issue with your sleep. However, you obviously don't want to leave all your water intake till late uh, mm. because that's going to have you up urinating all night. So um, drinking more water, I usually just in you know, two liters at least um, of, of filtered good quality water a day and um uh sleep okay there's so many things for sleep um magnesium can be really good for sleep you know if i just sort of throw out a supplement there's loads of different uh supplements uh different types of magnesium but magnesium it's a muscle relaxant so it definitely is really helpful for sleep but it's magnesium is actually using about 200 different sort of enzyme activities in the body so it's also important for energy production so sometimes i have women taking magnesium in the morning for energy and then sometimes I haven't taken it at night for sleep. Uh, so magnesium's really good. Um, electromagnetic stress, blue light, big ones. So turn off the devices, you know, 30 minutes to an hour before bed or uh, definitely put all your devices. Most of the devices have this inbuilt um, blue screen blocking. I don't even know what they're called now, but, you know, all those things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then you can get some really attractive glasses like this. Ooh. Um, which so for those listening, she's put on like a oh yes, a, a yeah, there are red lens. red lens red um lens. glass, so it it just changes the light filtering. You know, I've got this big bright light flashing at me now for our interview together. Um, so definitely at night, if I'm watching television or if I'm on my device, or if I've got to do work late, which I sometimes, you know, I'm on a purpose and a mission. Um, then they they just popping these on at night can make a really big, uh, massive difference. So blue blocking. Okay, that's a um, essential oils. I'm really big on essential oils, uh, calming essential oils to down regulate the nervous system and the stress response. Um, I usually have them diffusing in the lounge room, in the bedroom. I put them on my body when I go to bed as well. Uh, so there's some kind there's of hacks some of my for sleep. Thing. Yeah, it's interesting because like sleep insomnia, it's a massive, this is like a huge thing. And I'm, again, 20 years in clinical practice. I can't tell you on someone's intake form, they've come in for, I don't know, hormonal problems or gut issues, right? And of course I go through their whole history and sleep's so important. I always ask people about their sleep. 
as well as poopy because you know I'm an naturopath it's all about the poop <laughs> uh, and how often people will say oh yeah no my sleep's fine right and then I ask them questions and it turns out they haven't actually had any more than five hours six hours sleep a night for like 20, 30, 40 years, uh, had chronic insomnia. Like your body heals at night, your hormones are balanced at night, mm-hmm. your immune system's regulated at night. So, yeah, I, I to be honest, I'm just gonna give myself a little bit of a promotion on this one, but um, I had some different training on sleep and insomnia. So, I've, I've had some pretty amazing results with uh, people who've had chronic insomnia working quite differently, and a lot of it's working with the kidneys actually but like weight loss like so you know you got that the weight thing that happens through perimenopause and menopause as well and it's you know your fat distribution changes because of the hormones and a lot of it is cortisol and insulin and we get this lower abdominal fat stress and sleep uh key for that so when you can shift those things like stress creates hormones cortisol which impacts all of your other hormones including your metabolic your metabolic hormones as well so so what i'm also hearing with all of this is you know they're not quick fixes it's not like just go get a supplement change it i wish (laughs) yeah wouldn't that be nice but i wish i created a quick fix too if you did that you're just band-aiding all these things anyway totally and so my understanding, I think you'll back me up on this, is if you don't address it in the future, your body will catch up some way. Yep. You'll have disease yep. in some other form. So totally. whilst you might go, well, I'm surviving, it's working, you're not really. You're just prolonging something that will yep. potentially. It's not If you're not supporting your body through sleep, and I think I need a bit of a lesson on this one, but, yes, it's, it's a thing that it's, beautiful reminder for all of us mm-hmm. is to value this really important part of our oh it's so it's generative so cycle really isn't it it's yeah, like when right. we come back totally. to ourselves and allow our body to do its thing yeah so i have a couple of questions actually that listeners and viewers can ask themselves in regard to their sleep this might help how long does it take you to get to sleep okay and the answer Optimal is seven to 15 minutes. Anything shorter than seven minutes means you're in sleep sleep debt, right? Uh, anything more than 15 minutes means that you, your nervous system, your stress response isn't down-regulating that stress state into a, a relaxation, rest and digest and restore and rebuild state. Um, and then uh, am I waking through the night? That's a big one. And that includes getting up, going to the toilet, coming back to bed and going straight back to sleep. Like that's disrupted sleep. So we really are aiming for sleeping through the night. And of course, this stage of life can be a shocker Mm -hmm. for sleep because there's so many hormonal things that are going on that can cause it to us to wake up hot flushes and sweats and the mind ticking over and all those sorts of things. Um, so we should be ideally sleeping through the night and then are you waking up refreshed, refreshed, energized, um, you know, not bloated, like waking up bloated in the morning is definitely a sign that your body hasn't gone into that full rest state. Um, and you should be able to wake up and go and have a poop again. We've come full cycle there. Um, right because your digestive system has has some resets not the right word but it's done its job through the night because you've actually gone into the right nervous system state you know waking up feeling tired and exhausted and hitting snooze a couple of times and dragging yourself out of bed and then going okay i'm gonna have a cup of coffee and get on with love oh okay no i'm good no my energy is great well how reliant on caffeine, sugar, carbohydrates are you to get through the day? Mm. Right? That's more of an, and sleep's not the only thing, but it, it's it's certainly a key, a key thing for sure. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to turn ourselves on with some emotional feelings, mm. connection with our body, yeah. some sleep. How else can we, and I think, in you know, in listening, if you're thinking, oh, okay, if you take away one little, you know, suggestion, it will make a huge difference, isn't it? Like these are things that yeah. 
when we're talking about turning on and feeling free and and wild wild like connected with our body it's not a instant like all the way you know from one to the other it's you can be just adding and yeah and and, absolutely and that's generally how I work with um, people and recommend because again coming back to when I first started in practice I would overhaul their entire lifestyle in one hour <laughs> again because I as studying naturopathy we weren't actually taught behavioral change mm-hmm. right? I was like oh yeah just get them to like back then it was all about being vegetarian and don't have any stress and spend time in nature and get rid of all the chemicals and like and they're all important things right but I would literally tell women to do that in an hour. What a surprise. I saw them once after that and then never again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so small changes, you know, pick one thing mm-hmm. and do it for a week. And that's generally what I do. I make one change at a time. And always the first thing that I tell my clients to do is to drink more water. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. Drink more water. Amazing. Okay. So are there any other kind of protein and on protein Protein. yeah protein um and and this can be because it's one of the quickest ways to help balance blood glucose and insulin because when blood glucose and insulin is dysregulated it impacts all of our hormones um and energy and mood swings and all these sorts of things. So, so protein, are we not getting enough of it? Or is most it- people are not. Now, this is a very generic recommendation. Let's be clear. And I am very much about everybody is actually very different. And no, everybody doesn't have the same diet recommendation uh, requirements. And even one person doesn't have the same requirements for their whole life. Mm-hmm. right so our requirements at different phases of our life changes which is why i kind of have this little internal laugh when people are so dogmatic about a certain diet mm-hmm. um and it might be amazing for you for the first two years that you do it maybe even 10 years and don't be attached to that being the way that you need to eat for the rest of your life because i guarantee when you go through a different transition in your life your requirements are going to change. It happens all the time to everybody. Is that why our tastes change as well? Like sometimes you'll, your food desires change? Yeah, there's so many things that impact food desires, like so many things from nutritional status to hormones. Like, again, let's look at the, the menstrual cycle, right? So we actually, because your hormones require different, your hormones are made from nutrients, who would have thought yeah <laughs> right so that pre-menstrual phase we actually and so progesterone needs more carbohydrates to be made so this is why going on low carb diet forever every single day of the week you know and being really dogmatic about it is going to screw up the hormones long term probably end up with you know low progesterone and also screw up the thyroid hormones as well so we should be eating with the seasons and with our with our monthly cycle and then when you go through menopause you don't have a monthly cycle then you can kind of take that that monthly cycle and look at it either through the lunar cycle or like have a weekly cycle like okay this day of the week i'm going to eat more carbohydrates this day of the week i'm going to eat less carbohydrates right so it's not a one-size-fits-all however i'm going to give a, I am going to give a generic recommendation knowing that 80 percent 90 percent of the population have dysregulated glucose blood glucose and insulin and this can make a big difference so protein if we get a piece of protein that's as big as our palm and the thickness and the little finger side for every meal breakfast lunch and dinner this is uh most people would be lucky to be getting that in a day right so it keeps us fuller for longer and it's the quickest way to balance the blood glucose and and insulin levels and insulin's a fat storage hormone in case mm-hmm. anybody wants to know that <laughs> so we want to get that regulated right and it's inflammatory and all these other things as well it's, it's one of the biggest issues that we experience through this time frame in our lives so add protein and you know that might be an animal source protein or if you're vegetarian or vegan then of course there are other options out there i will just say be aware buyer be aware of um the fake meats and the fake uh, plant-based proteins that are out there 
like read the ingredients list like what are all those words like is that food that's my question is that actually food (laughs) did it come out of the ground (laughs) did it come out of the ground or a farm or a farm or a laboratory yeah (laughs) probably a laboratory probably a laboratory okay so I think you've given us lots of um ideas ways that we can turn on our hormones in midlife are there any kind of is there one thing you just wish women in their midlife knew that um would empower them particularly around their yeah body health can i connect in and see this one um oh feeling a little emotional this part of our life is about stepping into the wise woman. And it is actually about us bringing our magic and our light and our creativity and our passion and our purpose into the life, into life. And that's not necessarily a business or a work thing. It might be, but it's not, it's not always. And I think the biggest thing that stops us from doing this is feeling worthy. Who am I to do this? I'm not good enough. What if I fail? What if they judge me? What if they won't like me? What if I'm too powerful? Mm-hmm. What will people think? How will they judge me? If not now, when? Now. Now now is the time. If you're not sharing your gift, if you're not shining your light, you know, it sounds like a cliche. I've heard it a gazillion times. But somebody in your life, even if it's just one person, and it might be a family member, it might be your own child, or it might be your best friend, or it might be many people. If you don't share that, what are they going to miss out on? like who's waiting for you who needs to hear what you've got to say who needs to experience your artwork who needs to you know read your book right someone needs desperately what you have to offer and this transition in life is about that Oh, I love that. Yes. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Yes, you are worthy. You yeah. are, like you said, this is our second opportunity in life. And without the hormonal desire to do everything for everyone else, we're also being supported by our body to be creative and yeah. birth our ideas and, yeah. and create and go out. And so, yeah, you've definitely got us cheering you on so um (laughs) you can connect with nicole tell us how they can find out more about you yeah so i'm on you know the social medias facebook and instagram uh just my name nicole coots i think we've got links probably yes yeah just c-o-u-t-t-s yes that's correct so you can find me on both those platforms and my website is you know nicolecoots.com uh, on there, I've got a, you know, you get a chance to get a, uh, what's it called? Hormone balancing breakfast guide. Um, and then with that, that you'll also really uh, receive, like go into a lot more depth into the five drivers of hormonal imbalance. So we, you know, we touched on a few of those today, but there's, there's a bit more information there. And I'm all about connection and conversation. So like shoot me a message um, on any of those platforms and uh, it's me, not a robot, not somebody else. It'll be me, you know, connecting back and, and chatting. And I just, yeah, I want to have conversations. And I've, I've heard so many heartbreaking stories over the years, so many heartbreaking stories. Um. And, uh, yeah, I, I just want to really just shine the light on the fact that it doesn't have to be that way, even though so many women go to the doctor and they're told, oh, no, your blood work's fine, there's nothing wrong with you, you're just stressed. 
right? And there is a slight element of truth in that. Yeah, it's stress. But, okay, if we look at the whole person, mm-hmm. like there's a lot actually going on and um, we can address that and, and you can actually feel a lot better very quickly. Mm. Very You're quickly. not alone, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. So yeah, not it's, alone. There's so, people yeah, so willing to... Or they've either been through it, like you said, like have experienced um, mm-hmm. these communities of people there to, mm-hmm. yeah, listen and see you, value you. So mm, yeah. you don't have to do this on your own. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know what this is just sort of coming through now. It's a little bit off topic from where we are, but, you know, back to the topic of your podcast, which is that turn on thing and like, dryness vaginal dryness and libido massive issues massive issues and i just recently have heard some horrendous stories horrendous stories and and um you know it it is common for women's libido to to decrease because of the the hormonal changes and all the, the work that you do and and all these sorts of things but it's something that again interestingly often women will come to me to get it fixed not for themselves no okay for their partner Mm. yeah this stuff impacts relationships absolutely no doubt about it but where's the juiciness of life for you Mm. in all this yes you know and yeah there's supplements and there's topical you know, products and oils that we can use that help with these sorts of things. Um, but I think ultimately that expression is about, okay, well, I, I actually, like, I want to be lit up. I want to, you know, Do it for I want to be turned on, you know, to, to share and ignite and, and be my own full expression of, of myself in, in life as well. And, um, and yes, you can experience you- yeah sexual expression for yourself it doesn't have to involve a partner or be yeah. A partner. yeah yeah and that's usually what I recommend you know that that's the first the first part of the process it's like okay let's look at the self-pleasure practice mm-hmm. and, and like just keep open lines of communication with your partner and just say okay right this is going on and I'm working with somebody to help me support me in this area and actually it's, it's a bit of, you know, growth work I go do to, to relearn and connect to my body and, and stimulate these, these hormones and this pleasure within myself first. And then you can come along for the ride and we can do it <laughs> together. Because the pressure, the pressure, right? The pressure of I need to please him. I got to keep him happy. He won't be, he'll be this, he'll be that, he or she, I should say, right? But what does that do? Great stress. Yeah. <laughs> and what does stress do? dry you up <laughs> dry you up shrivel everything up right we want juicy bring on we want ju- we want juicy we don't want dried up raisins <laughs> talking about juicy um yeah. yeah um yeah definitely pop into some of the stuff that i'll be sharing over in um my come to my face my facebook group sister space but also my website pennyvanderslice.com I run challenges and one of them is to give you a little adventure, three days to come on a mini escape, but it's very much around connecting in with your body and your pleasure and your um, your right to, you're worthy, you're absolutely worthy of this time and stuff. So 1st of May to the 3rd of May too, pop in for that one. So That's great. I'll be there. You'll be there. I will be there. <laughs> so, Nicole, so grateful for you. Um, yeah, what you've reminded us about, what you've shared in terms of little tips, little suggestions, but also, yeah, how important this work or this work, this part of our life is. Like mm. midlife is not by any stretch of the imagination um, a time to turn off. It's definitely a time to turn on and yeah you and I both look forward to connecting with as many of you as possible so reach out to us again Penny I want to thank you and acknowledge you for the work that you're doing and putting this uh out into the world and uh yeah for having me here as um to share my story my journey as well my pleasure
let's keep connected. Follow me on social media, Facebook or Instagram at Penny Vandersloos or register for my emails or check me out on my website, pennyvandersloos.com. P-E-N-N-Y-V-A-N-D-E-R-S-L-U-I-S. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it, rate it and review it on your preferred podcast platform, especially if you liked it. A five-star review would be awesome. Thank you.